Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. My name is Claire Lehman and I am Editor-in-Chief of Quillette. Quillette is where free thought lives. We are an independent grassroots platform for heterodox ideas and fearless commentary. Our podcast is a team effort and is jointly hosted by myself, Associate Editor Toby Young and Canadian Editor Jonathan Kay. You can support our podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Quillette and becoming a monthly patron. By becoming a monthly patron, you'll also receive our weekly newsletter. Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. I'm Jonathan Kay. What is this thing we call a woman? The most obvious definition, an adult female human, is now considered by some to be a form of hate speech, as it excludes those who are biologically male but self-identify otherwise. London-based Quillette contributor Helen Joyce has been writing a book about these issues, and in so doing, she began collecting some of the many definitions of the word woman that activists and self-appointed gender experts have been circulating. She described some of these in her recently published Quillette article, She Who Must Not Be Named. And on Friday, she spoke to me over Skype to talk about them. Here are excerpts from our conversation. Helen, thanks for joining the Quillette podcast. Thanks very much. So this is a really interesting project, and I guess finally you're going to discover what it means to be a woman. I, I know. I mean, amazing. Here I've been 51 years, and I didn't know till now. I don't think anyone's ever known what a woman is. It's it's one of those weird words that no one actually can define. No, absolutely. However, we have some of the greatest minds of our generation, and you have curated some of their efforts. So what I'd like to do is I will read out some of these examples, which appear in your recently published Quillette article, and maybe you could point out some of the possible critiques that might be offered. So this first one, this is from Catherine Jenkins, a British philosopher, and it goes as follows. A woman is someone who, quote, experiences the norms that are associated with women in her social context as relevant to her. So, I mean, this makes a basic error. It starts with circularity. You can't define something in terms of itself. So if you don't see that, that's because you actually do know what a woman is. So you're not noticing that you're fitting in your, your idea of what a woman is and then saying, oh, yeah, the norms that apply to that sort of person. So that's the first mistake. And then the second one is, well, what the hell? What about women who don't regard norms as relevant to them? I mean, which norms? Like wearing lipstick? Not voting? Getting paid less? I don't know. Here's a shorter one. This comes from Twitter. A woman is an adult human who identifies as female. So this is someone trying to get out of the circularity trick. So, you know, some marks there for a bit of attempted cunning. But female isn't something that you can identify as. Female is a word that means something right across all life forms, and it goes back 1.2 billion years. It's something that was shaped by evolution, which made male and female, and they are, uh, respectively, the individuals and the body parts that refer to making large gametes or small gametes. You can't identify into being a body part or a person or an individual or an animal or a bit of a plant or anything like that that makes large or small gametes. It's something that in some species you might do both, in other species it might be environmental, which you are, but in all mammals it's something that's set at conception and you can't change it. That, that includes us in case people think we're not mammals. So you're saying I can never produce an egg. I'm sorry, John, no. Let's move on to Sally Hines, a British sociology professor. A woman, for me, is someone who feels that they are a woman. 
So there's the circularity fail again, isn't it? Uh, but the feel is interesting, isn't it? So there's a bit of subjectivity in there too. I don't know how other people feel and I don't know why I should necessarily believe somebody else when they say what they feel. I mean, that may sound mean, but in what other circumstances do we say, you know, I feel like a doctor, I feel like an airline pilot? Well, one of the problems here is that we're hearing from a lot of self-identified women who can't be objective. So let's hear from John Nicholson, British Member of Parliament. He writes, women are people who want to be so defined. I think people should be able to be who they want to be. That sounds very nice. Uh, What's the problem with that? It does sound nice, doesn't it? He wants to be inclusive, and inclusive is one of those buzzwords we're all meant to be inclusive, like everything that's not inclusive is bad. But definitions really just aren't inclusive. That's the point. The way that you define things is that you state criteria that enable you to distinguish between the things that are part of whatever it is you're defining or aren't. So I have a PhD in mathematics, and I think you're an engineer, aren't you, John, by training? So let's talk about prime numbers, one of my favourite things. So if you're not a mathematician, a prime number is a number that has no divisors but itself and one. So 17 is a prime number and six isn't. So loads of numbers aren't primes, like actually infinitely many numbers aren't primes. And that's not their fault. It doesn't mean they're not nice. They're perfectly nice numbers. They're just not prime. So you can't just say, oh, well, you know, anything that wants to be this can be it. Again, you wouldn't say this about doctors or airline pilots. You are right. I do feel like an engineer due to the engineering degrees I did. Now, here's a definition of woman that's a little bit longer. It comes from... Susan Stryker, that's Stryker with a Y, an American trans woman writing in Time magazine. This is defining the word woman, quote, a useful shorthand for the entanglement of femininity and social status, regardless of biology, not as an identity, but as the name for an imagined community that honors the female, enacts the feminine, and exceeds the limitations of a sexist society, end quote. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? You know, we're pretty special as women. So like, yeah, word salad uh, starts with stereotypes. I mean, what's this femininity thing? You know, maybe I'm not feminine enough. I mean, do do I enact the feminine? I don't know if I enact the feminine. What community is this imagined community that honors the female? Why are we imagined? I just don't get it. And this social status thing, I don't know what that is anyway. I mean, can you be posh and not be a woman? Or what if people don't honour? It's it's just bizarre. It's just like a, a mess. Does this suggest that certain kind of butch lesbians are not honouring the idea of being a woman? It strikes me that some of this language would actually exclude a lot of biological females. Yeah, so, I mean, if it's straightforwardly, boldly said, as some of the examples I collected did, that, you know, a woman is somebody who enacts femininity, then, yeah, which lesbians aren't going to be women then, are they? This one just kind of throws the kitchen sink at it. So I guess you could say that which lesbians exceed the limitations of a sexist society. I mean, actually they do. That's pretty good. Do people do this for defining what a man is? I don't think I've ever seen anyone do this for like, what's a dude? No, no, not at all. So, I mean, there are two really interesting examples. One is um, if you ever look at uh, charities that deal with cancer, They don't talk about women's cancers anymore. They talk about people with cervixes or people with ovaries, but they never do that for people with prostates. They still talk about them as as men's cancers. They'll do these advertising campaigns that say, men, check your prostate, but they won't say, women, you need to get your, what we call a smear test, and I think you call it a pap smear over that side of the pond. Uh, So that's one example. Really, it's just women whose category is being smashed open. 
And then another one is quite extraordinary, a medical dictionary online that if you search for what male means, you find over denoting the category that produces small gametes, um, which is the medical definition. If you search for what female is, you find, oh, that's the old fashioned definition. That's what it used to mean. Now it means, you know, what you identify as. It could mean your chromosomes. It could mean your body type. And it goes on for like a long, long paragraph. But these are completely symmetric terms. At least they should be. I've met you and I found that you totally enacted the feminine and exceeded the limitations of a sexist society. So I knew you were a woman. But is this whole thing not a backhanded compliment to women because there's just so many people trying to join the club? Well, there are actually a lot of young women who are trying to, or young females, I should say, who are trying to identify as men or are identifying as men. But they don't seem to be as enraptured with like the cosmological aspect of manhood whereas with women there seems to be these these verbal rhapsodies about defining oneself in i think it really all goes back to developments in academia that started with postmodernism and deconstructionism so this is all very sort of technical but basically it's pretty simple they're absolutely obsessed with these people who come out of this intellectual tradition if that's what you can call it with binaries which are these paired words like man woman light dark mad, sane, whatever. And their aim always is to deconstruct the binary. Now, I'm not interested in deconstructing the binary man, woman. I just want men and women to get a fair shot at things and be able to stand up for themselves separately and not do, as Simone de Beauvoir said, define men and then let women be the other or the second sex. But they don't take that approach at all. What they do is they deconstruct the binary. And this goes, I know this sounds ridiculous, but this really is what they do. They smash open and redefine the subordinate one of the two members of the binary, so in this case, woman, in order to be able to claim that it includes the other one, man. So you never have to mess with the man or the light or the male or the rational or any of those sort of powerful elements of the binary. You just mess with the other one. And this looks like a compliment, like you say, like suddenly woman is anything. Woman is, you know, infinite, the world, limitless, formless, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But actually what you've done is you've turned it into something that's not a definition at all. I mean, definitions are about saying what's in and what's out doesn't mean you're limited to the thing that's a definition. I'm not my large gametes. That's just the thing that makes me a woman. I'm many, many other things. It's time for a short message from Blinkist. If you're the type of person who reads Quillette and listens to the Quillette podcast, you also might be the sort of person who reads a lot of books. But like me, you probably never have enough time to read quite as many as you'd like. And that's where Blinkist comes in. Open the Blinkist app on your phone, tablet, or browser, And suddenly you're able to read or listen to expert 15-minute summaries of popular nonfiction books. For one low price, you get unlimited access to the entire Blinkist library. There are 12 million people using Blinkist. For some users, it's the soundtrack to their daily slog through traffic. Others read Blinkist on the subway. In my case, I listen to Blinkist when I walk my dog, which usually takes about 15 minutes. That's one whole book. Go through the Blinkist catalog and you'll find all sorts of big brain books like Upheaval by Jared Diamond and Sapiens by Yuval Noel Harari. But they've also got those business books you see in airport swivel racks, not to mention the Communist Manifesto by Marx and Engels, and of course, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. In some cases, the Blinkist summary is just enough for me. Other times, I'm so interested that I go out and buy the book and read it cover to cover. Either way, Thanks to Blinkist, I know which books deserve my time most. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Quillette. Try it free for seven days 
and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Quillette to start your free seven-day trial at 25% off. And now, back to our podcast. This next one is long, and it comes from the British Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy. It reads like it was written by committee, so I'm going to take a deep breath and just slog right through it. Quote, Many people identify as women. However, what this means varies a great deal depending on their other intersecting attributes. It is important not to assume, for example, that being a woman necessarily involves being able to bear children, or having double X sex chromosomes or breasts. Being a woman in a British cultural context often means adhering to social norms of femininity, such as being nurturing, caring, social, emotional, vulnerable, and concerned with appearance. However, of course, not all women adhere to all these things. For example, some neurodiverse women on the autistic Asperger's ADHD spectrums may struggle to express emotions or with social situations. In some northern working class contexts, femininity is associated with strength and aggression. As always, an intersectional understanding is vital. And we need to be mindful that what is culturally regarded as the epitome of femininity is white, middle-class, youthful, non-disabled, heterosexual, cisgender, and thin. This strongly shapes all women's experiences of womanhood." End quote. Uh, comments? So one thing, to be fair to this one, they actually have a long paragraph like that about men too that's equally offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, you're not nurturing and caring and you are ambitious and rational and so on. Yeah, props there. At least it's um, offensive to everybody. The northern working class contexts uh, did get taken out shortly after this was published because there was such outrage about it. This person, it's actually a, it's, it's actually a non-binary person who wrote this. Um, there is a single author. That person does understand that the other definitions like are circular and they're not in any way objective. So... They're just entirely about internal feelings. This, to give it some credit, is actually not subjective. It's objective. It's just that the only way that you can do it objectively without using the biological definition is to go just straight for stereotypes. So what makes you a woman is that you're nurturing, caring, blah, 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 emotional, all those sorts of things. It's not having X chromosomes. Very naughty and bigoted to think that it's having X chromosomes, but absolutely fine to think that it's okay that you're emotional, vulnerable, and concerned with appearance. I mean, incredible, isn't it? This is meant to be in some way inclusive and good and woke and unprejudiced, but actually it's just a bunch of massive, massive stereotypes. So we just took a break from the recording so I could fact check your claim that this same association also has a definition for man. And sure enough, they do. It's actually written in much the same vein the epitome of masculinity in media and wider culture remains white, youthful, non-disabled, heterosexual, cisgender, and physically fit. So they just basically swapped out thin with fit. But otherwise, it's the same kind of mini intersectional essay. How much of this is people just adapting 
words like man and woman, which have been with us for, for centuries, to freeform intersectional gibberish. <laughs> That's a very, very good description of it. I mean, we could just cross out both of those and just put freeform intersectional gibberish, couldn't we? But by the way, a lot of this is common sense. It's indisputably true that there is a stereotype of men as looking like something from workout advertisements. So two things there. One is this person is throwing out the bedrock biology and saying that those define the man and woman. But the other one is, have you ever wondered how you could say which stereotypes associate with which sex if you've denied that there is anything? that those sexes are anything. If we're not allowed to assume that women necessarily are the ones who have the XX chromosomes, etc., then which group is it that this stereotype is adhering to? This is from United Nations Women. It's a definition of woman which quotes Erin Phillip, trans woman and model. Every woman is a woman. Women are multifaceted, intergenerational, international. They are limitless, formless. Women are the world. What I like about this one is it it's like a it's like an empowerment seminar. I mean this person really is high on women. No, not really. I mean if a word means everything then it means nothing. Women are the world though. That's amazing. But that's like saying prime numbers are all numbers. They're just not. No one says men are the world. Well, that's because men actually are the world, John. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember that thing about the queer theory? It's only the subordinate member of the binary that has to be smashed open. Also, I mean, this is, this is written by somebody who is male but identifies as a woman. So you need a very, very capacious definition of woman if you're male and you want to define into it. So limitless and formless, that's about as capacious as it gets. So, you know, this is quite convenient. John Tory, who's the mayor of Toronto, you, I think you probably know this because it became infamous on social media a couple of weeks ago. He proclaimed, I think it was called International Menstruation Day or something like that, which, by the way, you know, is a well-intentioned thing. It's making sure people in poor countries have access to personal hygiene products and stuff like that. But in his press release, he was saying, this is a day we honor people who menstruate. And as J.K. Rowling said, not in response to this, but in response to something else, it's like, oh, if only we had a word for that. The reason this was so shocking to many people is they had no idea that this kind of wordplay was going on. Like your average person who's on Twitter to check sports scores and get celebrity news and stuff like that, they didn't realize this stuff. Yeah, no, they don't. It flies by because loads of stuff flies by, doesn't it? And you also, you just don't think they can possibly mean it. When you hear somebody saying, you know, woman is limitless, formless, the world, you don't think they seriously mean that it's not possible to say of any individual human that they're not a woman which is what they really, really, really mean. But hasn't there been a particular pushback on the menstruators thing because it's so weird to define a person by their bodily discharge? Like, it strikes me that, that there really has been pushback on this menstruators thing. There has, but, you know, we've been shouting for years about it. I mean, one of the funny things about the menstruator one is that this is meant to be um, not offensive. It's meant to be inclusive language. You know, people say to people like me who find these definitions very annoying, oh, you know, you're a genital fetishist or, you know, why do you define women by their private parts or something like that? I'm not the one who's doing that. I, you know, they're the ones who are calling me a bloody menstruator. There is this gaslighting phenomenon. And I've, I've been on social media where there is this absurd definition of manhood or womanhood that someone is offering. And you say, well, actually, that sounds kind of dumb. And they say, oh, you're just such a fetishist. Why do you care so much about what's between our legs? I know. They try and make you, <laughs> you seem like a pervert or something because they're... Well, well it's because they, do, they want to pretend that we can't actually tell whether somebody that we meet is a man or a woman. I mean, obviously we can. I mean, we're evolved creatures. 
Like, obviously, we're able to tell what sex people are, except in very unusual circumstances. We do it all the time, and we don't have to check in people's pants. But it's very much in the interests of somebody who's trying to pretend that you can't tell which one is a woman or a man, to pretend that you have to check in someone's pants to tell that. You know what's ironic is that I've met a number of trans people. Some of them have written for me. I've interviewed them for the podcast. The one biological male who I met who could genuinely pass as a beautiful woman is the one trans person I know who is the most outspoken about preserving real biological distinctions. I don't think that's a coincidence, because I think that's somebody who doesn't need to blast open the category of woman very wide. That's somebody who can keep woman meaning what it means, but pass. Whereas if, it's, whereas if you have absolutely no chance of somebody taking you for a member of the opposite sex, instinctively, you've got to do the redefining. Helen Joyce, thank you so much for joining the Quillette podcast. You can find her article on the Quillette website. It's entitled, She Who Must Not Be Named. It's been fun. If you would like to support Quillette, please consider becoming a patron. Head to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Quillette. If you haven't already, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Do you like what you're hearing? Perhaps you would like to read more about the issues in today's discussion. Head to quillette.com where you'll find more content.